0: stuff next week. Um, But what I want to talk about tonight then is why it is important to study Baptist doctrine. Uh, If if we're going to study this Baptist doctrine and go through each one of these things individually, then we need to understand why it's important. And uh, so I'm not going to be real long tonight, but I think this is important that we lay the foundation for this. And, And if I was going to try to do that next week and teach the first lesson, I just don't think it'll give us enough time. It'll be a really long lesson. So um, Philippians chapter 1, we'll get there in just a minute, but I think what we see happening more and more in our generation is that churches in America are dropping their denominational label. And honestly, all, all it takes is for you to, to, to walk out into this community right here and look at all the churches that have started in the last five years, and I've, I could almost guarantee you that maybe two or three, maybe 5% of them have some kind of denominational name attached to their name. It's all, you know, elevation or, uh, you know, like even the church that was here before we got here, vertical church, you know, hope church, um, you know, uh, the rising, whatever. You know, I mean, you see all kinds of, uh, you know, the river, chapel. I mean, those are all names of churches that are in this area. You have no idea what they stand for because they've dropped anything to do with a denomination. Right? Now, you do see a lot of denominational churches. You see such-and-such such Presbyterian or such-and-such such Methodist, such-and-such such, you know, uh, Church of Christ, whatever it is. And, and even though I don't agree with them, I'm, I'm at least thankful that they're willing to stand up for what they believe and call themselves what they are. Right? All of these other de- non-denominational churches, um, y- you know, honestly, they do that so they can attract more people. Uh, you put a label on yourself, and now all of a sudden, well, I'm not going there because they're this— right? And, and that's, that's why they drop the names most of the time. And they justify it by saying, well, you know, labels aren't important. What's important is that we talk about Jesus and that we love Jesus and that we, you know, we, we have this common theme around the Bible and, and so on. And they couldn't be more wrong because labels are incredibly important. Um, when you go shopping, you're basically only looking at the labels, right? Um, and, and good marketing will get you to buy a product that is not any better than the product next to it, but because the label looked good, you bought that product, right? How many times has that happened? Where you're you're comparing two products, and you know, and honestly, um, you know, many times the store brand is exactly the same as some other brand. It's produced in the same factory. It's made with the same products and the same ingredients and the same everything else. But the packaging is done differently, and you see that packaging, you think, oh, that's cheap. It probably tastes nasty. I'm gonna buy this. It's the exact same product. It's just label differently, right? Um, but labels are important when, you, when you're grocery shopping, you look at the package, you look at the tables of contents, you, you know, especially if you're not familiar with what the product is. Uh, but labels are extremely important because they tell you what's on the inside. When it comes to clothes, labels are important, right? Uh, not only do they tell you who made the clothes, which can tell you the, the quality of, of that piece of uh, clothing, but it tells you how to care for those clothes, a lot of other things about whatever that piece of clothing is that you're buying, right? Uh, labels are very important in everyday life, and then all of a sudden it doesn't matter when it comes to doctrine. At least that's what the non-denominational churches will try to tell us. It doesn't matter. Labels are not important. The labels actually very, are, are very much important and even more important when it comes to doctrine. By the way, I would say that 99%, if not more, of the churches that claim to be non-denominational are not non-denominational. If you go into their bylaws and into their, you know, into their constitution and everything else, they are something. They are connected to something. Um, vertical Church that was here is a Southern Baptist church. Why will they not put that in their name? Hope Church is a Presbyterian church. Why will they not put that in their name? Many of these other churches, uh, the Heights, another big church right around the corner, it's a Southern Baptist church. Why will they not put that in their name? They have it in their bylaws, that's what they are, but they don't want people to know that. Labels, they say, are not important. A church that won't label itself either doesn't believe anything or it doesn't want you to know what it believes. And I I can tell you that even the non-denominational churches believe something that they hold as the standard. Even if it may be a very low standard, even if they don't have a lot of doctrines that they hold dear to themselves or whatever else, they have something as their standard and they have something that defines who they are. Even they, even, they, even they associate closely with the doctrine of some denomination. And like I said just a minute ago, all it takes is for you to go back and look into their uh, bylaws or their constitution and find out what that is. They're afraid that people are not going to like them, so they pretend as if they agree with everyone by calling themselves non-denominational. And I've heard all the arguments. They, you know, well, well, Jesus... Uh, didn't have any labels on his church either. Jesus was not such-and-such such Baptist church. Jesus was not you know, such-and-such such Methodist or whatever else. Well, I'll tell you this. Jesus was the foundation for the church. There wouldn't, there, we wouldn't need labels if everybody had stayed true to what Jesus preached but everybody started branching off into different things and coming up with different doctrines than what Jesus preached. And so now labels are extremely important to define who you are and what you believe and where you stand doctrinally. And so, you know, um, we don't, Jesus started Christianity. He taught the doctrines that we find in the Bible. There was no denominational struggle in Jesus's day because he was the one who spoke the doctrine in the first place. So of course, Jesus didn't put some denominational label on himself. Um, or on, on any of the things that he started, because he was the one that was laying that foundation. But we believe some things, and amongst these are some distinctive beliefs that, lumped together, identify us with the name Baptist. And I have to admit, and it, and it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, lo- a long time that I considered it, but uh, when we were getting ready to start our church, for a little time there, I actually considered dropping the name Baptist from our name. Um, not because I was compromising or anything like that, but because Baptist does not mean what it used to mean. If you said that you belong to such and such Baptist church, it used to mean that you stood for this set of principles, that you had this set of standards, that you believed this certain thing, and now it doesn't mean that anymore. You actually have to go into that church find out what they believe, find out if they actually do hold to the Baptist doctrines, find out if they hold to the traditional meaning of what it means to be a Baptist, to even know if they really are Baptist or not. There's such a wide variety among Baptist churches, and that's what I'm saying. It wasn't, wasn't a long time that I considered it, but I, I thought for a time that I didn't want to be lumped in with, the, with, uh, you know, with, with that type of Baptist church. and and that the name didn't matter because it really didn't mean anything. But before we started the church, obviously, I I completely changed my mind on that whole idea because I realized that this name is something worth standing and something worth fighting for. And so we're a Mount Victory Baptist church not just because we had to put some label on it, not just because uh, we felt like that was a a good-sounding name or something like that, it's Mount Victory Baptist Church because we are Baptists and we believe what the Baptist doctrine is according to the Word of God. And one of the, one of the things that really, um, really solidified it, I guess, if you could say in my mind, is that Baptist history sets us apart. Uh, the best way to describe a Baptist is to describe what a Baptist believes, and obviously... You know, it's important then that we understand what a Baptist believes. If you're going to say you're a Baptist, then you need to know what you mean by that when you say that. Independent Baptist is not a denomination, it's a doctrine. I'm an independent Baptist because of the doctrines that are associated with independent Baptists, not because I need some denomination to be attached to. And the doctrine, which is from the Bible, developed Baptists. Baptists did not develop doctrine. And that's an important thing to understand. The doctrines of the Bible developed us, not the other way around. The doctrines were here first. And by following that doctrine, we became what we are. Most organizations develop the doctrine after they've organized. Well, this is what we are, and uh, well, now let's decide what we I mean, look at all the religions that we've looked at, right? I mean, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, a lot of these other Protestant denominations actually came up with their creeds and everything else well after they were established, right? I mean, they were kind of there at the beginning, uh, they had something that they kind of went off of, but in some cases it wasn't for 100 years after the founders died that they came up with these creeds that ended up defining what they are as a denomination. Uh, it's, it's not that way with, with us as Baptists, especially when we're talking about independent Baptists. We are Baptists because we follow what Jesus Christ taught in the New Testament. And I'm not saying that that makes us better than anybody else, but I'm saying that that defines who we are. We are defined by the doctrines that we find in the New Testament, not by some man who came up with something who said, this is the direction that we ought to go in. Baptists are not Protestants. A Protestant is a person or, or people who protested against the Catholic Church. We were never part of the Catholic Church to protest against it in the first place. You see Lutheranism, and you see Methodists, and you see uh, even Presbyterians, to a certain extent, were all part of the Catholic Church, and during the time of the Reformation, they, they Uh, they were trying to reform the Catholic Church. They were protesting against a lot of what the Catholic Church was doing. And as Baptists, we were never part of that. Now, the name Baptist really didn't come around until the 1600s or so. But the idea and and the doctrines that are behind what we are have been around for centuries, have been around since the time of Jesus Christ. And that's why we define what we are. Uh, but tonight I want to give you an introduction into what we're going to be spending the next, honestly, the next couple of months discussing. So I want to look at the importance of studying doctrine, and studying in particular our doctrine and our heritage. So tonight we're going to answer that question: Why is it important to study Baptist doctrine? And the first thing I think we need to answer is the question of, uh, is, is this question: Are Baptists the only Christians? Philippians chapter one, and verse number eighteen. Because honestly, we don't believe that we're the only Christians. Uh, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 18. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. And if you look at what Paul is talking about in this passage, you know, Paul was going through a lot of afflictions. He was facing a lot of difficulties and everything else. And Paul said, it doesn't matter how the gospel is preached. As long as the gospel is being preached, then I rejoice in the fact that the gospel is being preached. And um, in other words, you don't have to be a Baptist to go to heaven. There are some who believe the idea of, of the Baptist bride. And that's something else that I'm going to take a uh, kind of a whole uh, night on, not necessarily particularly with this series, but later on. Uh, the Baptist church is the bride of Christ. All other Christians supposedly make up the family of God, but they're not part of the bride of Jesus Christ. We don't believe that. Those who are saved according to God's plan of salvation are all equally justified in God's eyes. Um, they, you know, there are some who might be part of the Presbyterian church who, uh, if they're saved by grace through faith, are saved. There might be some in some of these other denominations that we've talked about who though they may be off in some of the areas of doctrine, if they're right about salvation, then they're a Christian. Uh, Salvation is by grace through through faith, plus nothing, minus nothing. It is Jesus Christ alone. And if you're believing in that, then it doesn't matter necessarily uh, for salvation what denomination you claim or anything else. And that's why I say that Baptists are not the only ones who are Christians. There are some who are part of other denominations who I believe are wrong doctrinally according to a lot of the other things that we find in the Bible, but who may still be trusting in Jesus Christ alone for that salvation. And if they are, then they are equally justified in God's sight as we are. We do not insist that you have to be a Baptist to come here, obviously. Uh, But we do believe that the set of beliefs commonly called the Baptist distinctives which identify us as how God would have every Christian church to believe. So I'm not saying that, that you have to be a Baptist to go to heaven, but, but, uh, but why not go first class? How about that? Uh, if you're, if you're going to go to heaven through the Baptist church, you might as well go that way because that's, that's, that's right in first class, right? Um, but uh, we, we do want every person to come to believe what we believe also. Um, but it's, that's the set of doctrines, the Baptist, and that's what we're going to be going through over the next few weeks is the Baptist distinctives. What sets us apart? Even from the denominations who who claim salvation by grace through faith, even if they have the right doctrine of salvation, what sets us apart from them? Second thing I want to address tonight is this, and you can turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Understanding our Baptist doctrine and our heritage is so important. Uh, Some say love unites, doctrine divides, you know, but what you believe is incredibly important. And unfortunately, doctrines do divide. But we are commanded in 2 Timothy chapter 3 in verse number 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So why is Baptist doctrine and heritage so important? Well, number one, because God thinks it's important. You look all the way throughout the rest of the Bible. The word doctrine is mentioned 17 times just in the pastoral epistles. It's important. Doctrine is important. And does it divide? Yes, it divides because we come down. We have different doctrines than other denominations. Our doctrines, and the, and the reason, honestly, the reason I'm a Baptist is because I believe the Baptist doctrine is as close to the Bible and Bible doctrine as we can possibly be. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be a Baptist, right? I believe that these other denominations that are teaching things different than the Baptist doctrine are wrong. And that's why I'm a Baptist. But the point here is that that doctrine is extremely important. Jesus preached a whole sermon that took three chapters in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. He preached the Sermon on the Mount. And essentially what Jesus was doing, and and it wasn't called doctrine in that passage, but essentially what Jesus was doing was laying down doctrine. Every few verses he was laying down another doctrine, another doctrine, another doctrine, and those things are important. Jesus thought it was important enough to take three whole chapters in the Bible to preach that message. That became known as the Sermon on the Mount. But it's important because God thinks it's important. Number two, it's important because it forms how you live. Somebody said that orthodoxy leads to orthopraxy. Now orthodoxy is what you believe. Orthopraxy is the belief that right action is as important as religious faith. And I think that's exactly what it is. The right doctrine is going to lead to the right practice. Why are so many churches... Uh, doing things that, honest, that, that, are, that to me are very obviously not pleasing to God it's because they don't have the right doctrine in the first place. Right doctrine leads to right practice. Orthodoxy leads to orthopraxy. That's what that means. And those are, those are big words, but essentially that's what we're saying there is if you have the right doctrine, it's going to lead to the right practice. What you believe has a whole lot to do with how you live. Just look at the different denominations what they teach, how, the, how those people who hold to those doctrines live their lives. Most of them, you look at them, you would never be able to tell that they were a Christian looking at looking at them from the outside, looking at how they act on the outside, looking at how they live their lives on the outside. You would never be able to tell that they were a Christian. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that their doctrines are wrong, and so the wrong doctrine leads to wrong living and vice versa doctrine is important because what we believe what we teach what we practice has to be based on sound doctrine the bible doesn't say thou shalt be a baptist right but it also doesn't say thou shalt be a methodist or a non-denominationalist or any of those other things so if we're going to establish ourselves as independent fundamental Baptists, then we have to be able to give clear and convincing proofs from the bible why we stand on those beliefs number three it's important because it defines us to people no man is an island. Believing something that links you to others who are going in the same direction can be very encouraging in the work of the Lord, right? It defines who we are. When I say that, I, and that's what I'm saying, this, this is going back to, for, for a brief moment, I consider taking Baptist off of our name because it doesn't mean what it used to mean. If you said you were part of this Baptist church, it meant something very definitive, Now, because so many people within the Baptist churches have dropped, you know, all semblance of standards and all semblance of uh, holiness in a lot of aspects, uh, it doesn't mean what what it used to mean. But when I say that I'm a Baptist, it ought to mean something and it ought to define who I am and it ought to let everybody else around me who claims to be a Baptist know, hey, we're going in the same direction. This is encouraging. We can encourage each other in the work of the Lord. So it's important because it identifies us to people. Number four, and turn over to Ephesians chapter four, if you will, it's important because otherwise we could be too easily influenced to change. Having doctrine that defines what we believe, and by the way, knowing what that doctrine is that defines what we believe gives us a constant that we can use to measure everything we see, Everything we hear, everything we read, right? Why is it that so many people... Well, look what it says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Uh, I think th- I think for the most part, a lot of these people who are teaching wrong doctrine are deceived themselves, and that's why they're teaching this wrong doctrine. Uh, I, I, you know... I, I'd like to naturally think that people are trying to do the best that they can to, to teach what they believe rather than doing it to purposely try to deceive people. But they're deceived, and so they're deceiving other people with that doctrine as well. How do we know what deception is? How do we know when we hear something that we should not follow after that? Because you have to have a measuring stick to measure it by, Right? And these doctrines that we're going to go through are that measuring stick. And when you put something else up against it, does it measure up to the doctrines that we have defined by the Word of God that define us? Or is it something that goes completely against those doctrines? You have to have something as that measuring stick. Otherwise, like he said in Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to be like children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, cunning craftiness. They're lying in wait to deceive. It's very easy to get taken by somebody that's able to convince you of something. If you don't know what you believe and you don't know what you're basing that belief on, then when somebody comes in and they say, Hey, look at this, hey, how about this doctrine? And you say, Well, that kind of sounds pretty good. And you're not basing it on anything then you're going to go off after that doctrine and somebody else is going to come in and you're going to go off, after the, go off after that doctrine and you're going to be just like these children, tossed to and fro, no idea what you believe and, and just uh, susceptible to every uh, cunning craftiness that comes along. Somebody is always going to come up with the next best thing in doctrine. And if we don't have a standard that we use to measure what we're hearing by, then we may very easily be dissuaded and, and, and convinced to change our doctrine. Churches, denominations, associations, whatever else it is, change. Um, Anything man-created and man-centered is going to change. Baptists have not always been right, but Baptist doctrine has always been right. And that's what I'm saying now is that we're finding that a lot of Baptists are not right anymore because they've gotten away from that Baptist doctrine. Baptists have not always been right, but Baptist doctrine has always been right. And what we're going to lay down as the Baptist distinctives have not changed since, since Christ. we were not always called Baptists. Sometimes they were called other things and they were, the, they were the underground church through the whole Middle Ages and all of that stuff. But that doctrine has never changed. People will change. Denominations are going to change. You look at the Southern Baptist Church right now. The Southern Baptist Church is going through a drastic change. They've been moving farther and farther liberal over the past 15 or 20 years. They brought Adrian Rogers. That's a name that you probably have heard before. They brought him in because he was conservative. He held to the King James Version of the Bible. He did everything he could to keep the Southern Baptist Church straight. I'm not a Southern Baptist because I think the Southern Baptists have a lot of things that they do wrong. um, But they still held to the Baptist doctrine. When Adrian Rogers died and they started moving more toward Toward the middle, more toward liberal doctrine, and now and then they the, the last person they just had in there by the name of J D Greer took it even further to the left, and now they get, they 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 actually had a, a vote fairly recently between a guy who was actually wanting to bring them back in a very conservative direction and a guy who wanted to take them even further to the left than J D Greer had the Southern Baptist Convention, and the guy who was a liberal won. And so now there's a, there's a big rift in the Southern Baptist Church. There's a lot of these conservative Baptist churches who are saying, this is not who we are. This is not where we came from. This is not the direction that we want to go. And so they're looking at actually splitting the Southern Baptist Convention. I say all that to say that things change. Denominations change. Doctrine does not change because of what it's based upon, and it's based upon the Word of God. Every era of the church has seen change and compromise on the part of some. And we're seeing that very much, especially within the Baptist church and the Baptist denomination as a whole. Those who claim to be Baptists have, have gone far from the roots. Those who claim to be independent Baptists have gone far from their roots. But there have always been a group of people who, in the essential basics of doctrine and practice, have stayed true to God's Word. If we don't establish who we are biblically and adhere to that, then we are going to change. Somebody said this, compromise is the lifeblood of politics, but it is the death in the pot to God's people. When we start to compromise for the sake of trying to make people happy, which is exactly what's happening with a lot of these denominations who claim to be non-denominational and are taking those labels off of their church in an attempt to be like everybody else so that they will bring more people in and get more people accept, you know, to accept them and everything else. We need people of conviction, not preference. We've talked about that. A conviction is a belief or a practice based on God's word. A preference is a belief or a practice that can and does change with circumstances or conditions. And when you base what you believe on preferences instead of on doctrine, then you're going to be carried about by every wind of doctrine as well, and that's exactly what we're seeing happening in a lot of churches. The last thing that we'll talk about tonight, why it's so important to study Baptist heritage and Baptist doctrine, is because it connects us to an honored past connects us to an honored past. There's old wood carving prints of the sacrifice, uh, sacrifice that was made by Baptist people at the hands of the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church, and others, but Dr. J.M. Carroll wrote a little booklet called The Trail of Blood, and it's not, it's not very long. I don't, I don't know. It's probably 30 pages or so, but in it, he says that more than 50 million Baptists paid with their lives, and yet no monument or memorial stands for the sacrifices that they made, they were tortured, they were slaughtered, they were abused, they were violated, they were robbed, they were eviscerated, they were used for entertainment, they were treated in, in ways that were unimaginable to humankind. And you read Fox's Book of Martyrs, uh, that's, that's a, 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 just a chronicle of a lot of the older Christians who have died for the cause of Jesus Christ, but there's books that are being, that are being written still uh, because Christians, they, and, and this is just something that's hard for us to comprehend, but there are more Christians being killed for their faith today than there ever has been at any point in history. We, we don't see it very much because it's happening in these, you know, these Middle Eastern countries and in these other places, more Christians are being killed today for their faith and their belief in Jesus Christ than at any point in human history. And they're being tortured and killed in ways that you, that, that are just unimaginable. I, I saw, and, and eventually, when, um, when we get a, a building that we know we're going to stay in, especially, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some of these prints that we'll put on the walls and things just to remind us of where we came from. But there's one in particular that, that I love, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a picture of these Christians. Uh, apparently, Christians I mean, doesn't have a, a label on their foreheads, but you can tell that that's what they are. There are Christians that are standing in the middle of this arena, uh, a Roman arena, and the, the, the crowds are just filled with people. And you see the lions are running directly toward those people. And they're standing there looking up toward heaven, You know, some of them with their hands raised toward heaven and, and everything else. It's just a reminder of where we came from. They used, to, uh, they used to use them as entertainment. You know, Hey, go get the Christians. We'll throw a few of them out to the lions and watch them get destroyed and, and torn up and, and ripped apart. I mean, if you, if you read through Fox's Book of Martyrs, I mean, almost every story will bring tears to your eyes to hear what they suffered because they were not willing to compromise, number one, their faith in Jesus Christ uh, and the message of the gospel. But they were, not, they were not willing to compromise their doctrines. They were not willing to change anything because it was not based on something that somebody told them they had to believe. It was based on the word of God. There were so many people who gave their lives at the stake and in other ways to preserve the doctrine that was given to us by the Word of God. I'm not willing to drop the label of Baptist because of how many people died to fight for that label. How many people died to be able to carry that name to the grave with them? There were a lot of people who spent long months in jail for preaching what we hold to as the doctrines of the Bible, the doctrines of the Baptist. And honestly, just right down here in the Chesterfield County Jail, there is a. Uh, I mean, you can go there and you can still see it today. The Baptists that would not take a license from the Anglican Church to preach, and you see that you know they it's it's we have so much of the Baptist history right around here, and uh, I mean so many things that you can go to and see. But they were not willing to take a license. They 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 you know. Even, even in Virginia, even in the, the United States of America in our early days, you had to have a license to be able to preach. And if you were not part of the Anglican Church, was the official church of the state of Virginia. And if you were not part of the Anglican Church, whether you were part of the Anglican Church or not, you had to pay your taxes to the Anglican Church. But then all of the, all of the clergy had to have a license to be able to preach. And the Baptist stood up and said, this is not in the Bible. I don't need a license from the state to be able to preach the word of God. I don't need a license from the state to be able to preach the message of the gospel. And so they put him in prison. And they stayed there for a long time. And, you, and they were beaten and they were whipped. And they were, they were you know, they, I don't think too many of them were actually killed here in Virginia, but all across the world they were and have been and are being killed for standing up for the truth that they find in the word of, of, of God. But that sacrifice has created a debt. And that's a debt that can't just be brushed aside with it doesn't matter if you're Baptist or not, mentality. We owe a debt to those who fought for that name. We owe a debt to those who fought and gave their lives. Our people have paid a dear and precious price, and we owe them a debt of appreciation. We owe them a debt of gratitude and even loyalty. To throw off that label or to not know the doctrines that they stood for from the word of God is to not appreciate the sacrifice of those who gave so much to give us what we have today. So yeah, there are people that are changing what it means to be a Baptist. But that doesn't mean that we ought to change the name Baptist and take it off of our our label and take it off of our sign and take it off of everything else because we don't want people to know what we are. There's too many people that gave too much and sacrificed too much to have that name for us to just throw it off and pretend like it doesn't mean anything else. I think what needs to happen is that we need to get Baptists back to what Baptists believe we need, to get, we, need to, we need to bring that label back to what it really means to be a Baptist. But these Baptist distinctives are the core doctrines with us. And you you won't understand your church, our church. You won't understand where we are. You won't understand where we're going, where we're trying to get you to go, and how we're trying to get there unless you grasp these doctrines. And so it's so important that we study uh, what it means to be a Baptist. And starting next week, as I mentioned, we're going to get into these different Uh, Baptist distinctives. I'm going to give you an acrostic, B-A-P-T-I-S-T-S, that will hopefully help you to remember uh, what the the basic Baptist distinctives are, Uh, but that's what defines us, and it's worth studying, it's worth fighting for, it's worth keeping that in our name, it's worth standing for, because it's not based on something that somebody just labeled us with, it's based on the Word of God, and these doctrines are something that are very, very important that we're going to start going through when we, when we get together next week. All right? Let's pray, and we'll be done for tonight. Father, we love you. Again, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for an opportunity we have to study these doctrines from the Word of God. I thank you so much for those that we don't even know, most of them. We, we have no idea their names. We have no idea who they are, when they lived. but They stood for the doctrines that they found in the Word of God. and They were willing to give their lives for it, and they were called Baptists. God, we thank you so much for the heritage that we have. I pray that you'd help us to always stand for that. I pray that you'd help us to get back to the the basics of the Word of God. And where Baptists have strayed from that, God, I pray that you'd help them to realize that mistake and that they'd get back to uh, the truths that they find in the Bible. And God, I pray that you'd help us to stand strong, stand firm for these doctrines that we find there and that distinguish us as Baptists. And I pray that you'd always help us to be able to carry that name with pride, not in, a, not, not, not in a bad way, in a sinful way, but because you gave us what we have and we're willing to stand for it. Well, thank you for all that you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're dismissed.